Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burse, LCSW, and I am so delighted to have my friend and fellow therapist, Dr. Elizabeth Cronin, on the podcast today. She is a specialist in mindfulness training, and she has so many good things to share. So, Elizabeth, thank you for being here. Thank you, Kathleen. I'm so excited to be here. So I just love to pick your brain a little bit as a therapist, as someone who specializes with mindfulness. And one thing that I hear from foster moms a lot, and one thing that I've experienced a lot as a foster mom is just this kind of the unknown that is always present on our foster care journey. And I would just love to hear from you. How does mindfulness and mindfulness practices, how do they help people deal with and sit with uncertainty? Yeah. So That's a great question because that in a way, that's the same question everyone's dealing with and foster parents are confronted with it on on a much more regular basis. It's much harder. I mean, we're all dealing with uncertainty. We're all dealing with constant change and transitions. And a lot of us have the luxury Uh, and the freedom to distract ourselves with our work or with vacations or technology, whatever, right? To avoid having to feel uncomfortable that there is so much uncertainty. If you're a foster parent, it keeps coming up. You you know what I mean? It's you're confronted with the uncertainty on such a regular basis that it's, it's really, really hard. So first of all, I just, I just want to say, of course, the uncertainty is really, really takes a toll on you. And so I would suggest you just start with that. Start there. Just every time you feel it, you remember like, oh, I really have to have compassion for myself. That's right. I deal with uncertainty much more frequently than birth moms, you know, who keep their own biological child. And just every time you experience, like you don't, you don't have to get rid of the feeling that it's so uncomfortable. You don't have to make the feeling go away. You don't have to avoid the feeling. You don't have to fix the feeling. What you want to be able to do is every time you experience it, what can you do for yourself? And I know you have no time and probably no extra income or whatever. So meaning like, can you just pause and take a couple of deep breaths? Or can you make a point of making sure you go to bed uh, as early as possible, which might not be ideal, you know, like little things, those, those are the things because, um, so it's really self-compassion and acceptance that that's part of what you signed up for, which doesn't mean you're okay with it. It doesn't mean you like it. It's just like playing like, oh yeah, that's right. This is part of it. And it's really hard and admire yourself and each other and support each other, you know, remind each other like, yeah, you know, we are doing something. This is really important. It's why not many people do it. Yeah, that's so true. And I think you're right. That's one thing that we don't, at least myself, I don't say that to myself. It feels awkward to say to myself, like, wow, I'm doing a really hard thing. And I've chosen this kind of harder path and everyone's path is difficult, obviously, but just from, you know, like you said, not many people are doing it. And so that's one thing that my, I really have a heart for is just how do I, how do we make it easier and feel a little less stressful around fostering? So could you share some just daily practices that, that maybe some times foster moms could practice in order to kind of tap into that being with their feelings and not trying to escape them and just kind of becoming a more mindful person? 
but I will start with, yes, it's really uncomfortable to talk to ourselves in a loving and kind way, which is the spirit of mindfulness and meditation. But would you ever talk to your friend like that? A foster parent called another one and they'd know what to say and it wouldn't be awkward. It wouldn't be at all awkward or uncomfortable to, to remind somebody else So I just want to name that, that yes, it feels really awkward because we're not very good at it. Mm -hmm. We're not familiar with giving ourselves credit. We're not familiar with acknowledging our own feelings and and what's difficult about our life, especially if we're grateful, like we're really happy and excited or really enjoying being a foster parent. So there's also this belief that, well, if I signed up for this, I, I should like it. You know, I signed up for this. This was a voluntary thing. So I should be happy. I'm not allowed to be frustrated. Feels really unfamiliar and uncomfortable to be caring and nice and thoughtful to each other. It's also uncomfortable to give ourselves credit for doing things. You know, it's much more common for us to think I'm not doing enough. I should be doing more and to wonder what is wrong with me. And then again, I think I had started talking a little bit about you don't feel entitled to have certain feelings because whenever you do something voluntary, it feels like, well, now that I signed up for this, I got to like put on a happy face and it's not appropriate to feel a certain way. But of course, parenting, all parenting, whether it's a foster child or your own child, Even babysitting requires that you recognize that you're not going to enjoy every minute of it, you know? And so being able to really being able to like know the true experience, you don't have to share with everybody. Not everybody deserves to know this. So you, you're very careful and selective because you told certain people they would, they would judge you perhaps say like, well, then why did you do that? If you're not enjoying it, you have to be selective but it's absolutely your right to feel how you feel and to then try to find the appropriate places where you can like discharge that, those feelings. I mean, emotions are energy and they need to be appropriately discharged. And a good way to discharge them is through language, expressing them to someone safe who won't turn against you. So that's, I guess, two kind of ideas. And another idea for like a daily mindful thing is just to look for tiny ways that you can, tiny ways that you can soothe yourself and bring yourself back into the present moment. And I I struggled so much with this, like, what does it mean to be in the present moment? Being the present moment means that you're focused on what's happening right this minute, which means you're not in your head worrying about the future and you're not in your head thinking about the past. And so that's when we have a lot of problems. Like we're in our head thinking about the past, like, oh, I should have done this for one of my kids, or I I never got that. Anytime we're in that place, we're causing ourselves to feel kind of depressed and discouraged, like failure, you know, don't feel good about ourselves. And there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do about that. Anytime we're in our head thinking about the future, what might happen, we're, we're anxious because we're very aware we have no control over the future. So it's not productive to get in your head and think about the past or the the future. The present is the only place you can do something about it. So if in the present moment, you're aware that you're having thoughts about the future or the past, and you're aware you're feeling anxious, what can you do in the present moment? Can you make a hot cup of tea? Do you just need to get a glass of water? Like I said, do you need to like try to make arrangements to go to bed 10 minutes earlier? Realistically, like 
not big expensive things like go get a massage. I mean, I'm just like, so something I like to share with people that, you know, is I, cause I used to get this advice and be like, are you kidding? Like, I don't have time. I don't have money for any of this. So something I started a long time ago is I recognized that I can feel very present in the present moment when I get into my bed at night. For whatever reason, I just can feel like, oh, I'm in my bed and it doesn't last long. Then I start worrying, but I do, I can be very grounded and feel like I'm in my bed. Finally, I'm able to, and I love it when the sheets have just been changed. So I, I got, it all of a sudden dropped into my head one moment, like, oh, I could give myself that a soothing pleasure by just having a whole stack of pillowcases. So I just, I have like, 15 white pillowcases and I just have them stacked up and I just put another one on my pillow every night. And it's just a tiny moment. I feel like I'm here appreciating my pillow, appreciating my bed. And it doesn't solve problems, doesn't make uncertainty go away, but it adds something to balance out the the stress of uncertainty. Like there's so much in life we can't control that is hard for us that like, what can you control that is soothing or comforting or pleasant. That's because you're never going to make the the hard stuff go away. That's part of life. That's so good. And so wise. And I think that you're right. Even, I mean, we as foster moms, I think oftentimes we're like, we are so aware of how difficult fostering is on any given day, but you know, our, even when our foster care journey ends, our, the difficult things of life are not going to end. That's part of our experience on this earth. And so I like what you said about just trying to look for ways to kind of really drop into ourselves, drop into the present moment so that we can even carry that with us beyond our foster care journey and just into our daily lives as we struggle as humans with uncertainty. That's so good. I think another thing too, is I'm listening to you that occurred to me is that you're right. I think if you can be very aware, you can be so aware of how difficult foster parenting is. And it can even, the the thought can come into your head that, you know, people should understand this or, you know, why don't other, or, or the question, why don't other people get this? And it's really nice. Again, that's a natural thought to have in it. So it should occur to you at some point and may come up repeatedly. And it's really nice when what you can say to yourself is, oh yeah, that would be nice if other people understood and recognized it. And I don't need that, you know, just to, because we often, whenever we get angry or frustrated, it's really, it's one of the ways we know that there's an unmet need. And so if you're like, angry and frustrated that, you know, people just don't get it and whatever. What is the need? And so that's another tool you can use this. You can say, ask yourself, like, do I really need my neighbors to really get it? Do I need to, or do I need to get it? And do I need to maybe do a little bit of work on figuring out how do I get comfortable being nice to myself? Because that is like the deeper, the deeper challenge and learning how to soothe yourself and be more comfortable being nice to yourself frees you from needing other people to recognize and appreciate you. Mm-hmm. So good. I love that. Yeah. I think that would be a lot, a lot easier of an experience to have not that, that need for other people to totally be able to get it go away. Cause I think that's one thing that I know I've struggled with one time. One thing I've hear a lot from other foster moms is like, 
just nobody gets my life, <laughs> you know, like just nobody gets it. And it's because this use, this experience, as you said, is so unique. It's not something that you, you know, everyone's doing usually maybe, you know, one other person, or if you're lucky, you know, one other person and the empathy piece is so important, but as you said, is it really necessary? And could we be that for ourselves a little bit more? And I think if we could, wow, what a difference that would make. So it's funny. Cause I know I kind of just said that, like you could be there for yourself, but having, hearing it back from you, I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Let me make a little adjustment to that because we can, you can, we can be there for ourselves more. However, when you're in a unique situation like this, it's like when you're grieving, that's a time when you really need to be with other people that are grieving, because there are many things that other people just don't understand unless they've either been through it or they're going through it. And so that's another thing that I like about so I studied mindfulness meditation. What I like about it is always trying to remember we're not supposed to be in this stuff alone. You know, we are intended to do hard things with other people that are sharing the, the work of something hard. You know, so we forget that we deserve to be connected with other people and that trying to do so many things on our own without bothering other people or you know, asking people to listen to us is really, really hard. So I just want to kind of acknowledge that, that there are a lot of very unique situations where people, it's like dealing with cancer. You know, that's a really hard thing to do. Everybody else, anyone who's not dealing with cancer can, can kind of be upsetting to talk to because you're just like, oh my gosh, you don't get it. Like you're complaining about the weather. You know, so I just wanted to kind of acknowledge and label that, you know, you're right. It is a very unique situation. Again, just getting more comfortable, like being able to know that for yourself. Yeah. And I love that mindfulness too, really makes space for self-awareness that you could sit and ask yourself, what do I need right now? Do I need to be this for myself? Do I need it from other people? Do I need community and connection? What feels like it would really serve me the most today. And I love that mindfulness allows to kind of us to go inward and ask, okay, what would be the right thing for me right now? Right. And if you tried to do that and you bump up against, I don't know what I need. I don't know what I'm too tired. I'm too tired. I, I can't figure this out. Then I would say, A, again, that's when maybe you turn to someone, if you have a friend or a family member, and even if you just turn to them and say like, I'm just feeling overwhelmed and I don't even know what I need. Mm-hmm. Even just naming that is, can be really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just not something we're used to doing, you know, is caring people. We think like, once we identify that there's a problem, we should fix it mm-hmm. and probably not bother anyone. And sometimes the problem is I'm overwhelmed I'm anxious. I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know what to do about it. I don't have any ideas. I don't even know what I need. Yeah, it's so true. I think that's definitely it. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know what I need. And it ends there. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course, all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So how would you recommend people go a little bit further, a little bit deeper and say, 
okay, if you are saying to yourself, I don't know what I need, what next step should they say? What next step should they take to ask themselves and find out that next right action so that they can start to have some relief from that? So that's where it can get a little a bit little bit deeper because that's where you get into like the benefits of developing a, a mindfulness meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when we don't know what we need, it's because we're again in our head thinking, 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 and we're disconnected from our body. And so this is where it can get like a little woo-woo and out there, but it actually is, is very practical. When you don't know what you need, it, it's again, it's a sense of disconnection from your body because it's through your body that you do know what you need. And if you think about it, it's through your body that you know you're hungry. It's through your body that you know you're tired. You know, it's through your body. And so that again is one of the things we're not good at. We're not comfortable being loving and kind to ourselves. We're not very good at accepting ourselves. And we're not very good at, at knowing what we need. We just mm-hmm. we just aren't. It's the more focused you are on taking care of other people, in some ways, the harder it is because you're doing that all the time and you're not like developing the muscle, which is what do I need? What do I need? So I would suggest that again, you start by recognizing that you're just feeling anxious or overwhelmed and you don't know what you need and you allow yourself to just let that be okay. Cause there's a funny way when it's like, okay, I'm overwhelmed, stressed. I don't know what I need. So now I, there's nothing I can do. And it's like, no, 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 no. You can make space to feel overwhelmed and confused and uncertain. And then you can, you can start to diffuse the power that that energy, that motion has that confusion has on you by just telling somebody else it really is crazy but that was what Freud discovered and you know, he called it the talking cure I mean he was dealing with patients that had medical issues and he he couldn't find a physical reason for it and he just kept talking to them about it asking them about it, letting them express the pain and discomfort and they started to feel better and he was like wow this is the talking cure he was like this is wild mm-hmm. so I just want to encourage people because we're really good at silencing ourselves and you know not and again it, there's so many different variables like thinking like it's not doesn't make me look good to be complaining about something I thought I wanted to just all that stuff but but so I just would encourage people like start there allowing yourself to say like I'm not going to ignore this even if I don't know how to fix it mm. I'm not going to ignore it so I hope that helps. Yeah, that's so helpful. I think that is a great, a great place to kind of wrap up and just to really just end with that. And I would encourage anyone listening to ask themselves that question, what do I need? And if you're stuck on that, I don't know, how can you kind of still be with that and figure out the next right thing to do instead of just pushing it away and saying, I don't know. That's very easy to respond by saying, I don't know. It doesn't help us in any way to stay there. So I like that you just said that. And thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for sharing. I definitely want to have you back on the podcast because you have such great things to share. But in the meantime, where can people find you online and follow along with you? So people can find me on Instagram. It's just, it's, I believe it's Dr. Elizabeth Cronin on Instagram. And they can find me at drelizabethcronin.com. They can go to my website and find me there. And yeah, I mean, I want to shout out to all the people that take on this work. It's really important and doing a service, not just doing a service for all of us. So Mm. lots of gratitude to the people listening. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything. And I look forward to talking again soon. Me too.